As the weather's cooling down, um, I, I love to ride horses. I always love to ride horses, but especially in this weather, I mean, it's just, it's, it's my peace of mind. And so I love to get on the horse and I just ride out across the property, especially in the evenings. And it's just, it's so peaceful. And so recently I was doing that and, and one of the kids wanted to go with me. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one. You'll probably figure it out. It's Colt, but I'm, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, this is a new rider, and so uh, when we go out into the open, oftentimes I will hold on to their lead rope, okay? And so I will kind of pull them along, and we will go through different places. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've been progressively doing uh, more and more things that, you know, you might find fearful. You know, the more times they ride, I keep taking them through different adventures. And so recently, I, I just felt that they were ready to, you know, go down a ditch and, and back out, which, you know, if you've never been around horses, horses are powerful, okay? And, and the, we should rightly uh, fear them. But the more you're around them, the more or you learn how to how to handle that and to have a healthy fear but not but sometimes our fears can actually lead us into a place that is is unhealthy and when we allow our fears to, to rule us, when the Lord's leading us into something as a, as a loving Father, if we don't trust Him, what can happen is we can allow our fears to cause us to react in a way that actually causes something bad to happen when it wasn't going to. Well, in this situation, as I was leading this um, child down into a, a ditch and, and back out, I had the lead rope and I just told him, I said, all right, just put your feet out forward, just kind of lean back and there's going to be no issues here. Well, as we did that, I wasn't paying attention. I've just got a hold of the lead rope. They got a little fearful and they had the reins and they pulled back. And when you do that, it puts a bit down into that horse's tongue and pulls them back. Well, they're being pulled this way and I'm pulling them this way. Well, thankfully, the horse went with me, but I had to, to hold on tight. But it could have gone bad because they could have reared up and, you know, because they're feeling pressure from both ways and something bad could have happened. Why do I share that? Because in the same way, we have a loving father who wants to lead us through things to show us that we can trust Him. Uh, this life is full of danger. It is. It's, it's all around us. And we need a loving Father to lead us through. But here's the thing. If we don't trust Him, what can happen is we can cause situations in which He is able to provide for us to become something um, that it's not meant to be. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is exposure. Exposing triggers. And here's what I mean by that. A trigger is something that sets off an explosion. And sometimes you hear people use that phrase, you know, uh, triggers or uh, pushing my buttons. What are we referring to there? Well, we're talking about something where what happens is there's a situation that is not that big of a deal, but we make it a big deal. You know, all of a sudden, somebody says something, and it's, it's not that big of a deal. But all of a sudden, we're like, raw! There's, just a, the, the, there's this, this imbalance of our reaction, and people are like, 
what just happened there? You know, I just pointed out that, you know, their zipper was down or something. I don't know. I was trying to help them and they acted like the world just fell apart. Well, what's often happening there is this. Each of us have unhealed places in our heart. Each of us have fears, okay? Oftentimes when we talk about trigger, when we're talking about an explosion that happens within us that, that seems uh, uh, you know, inappropriate to the situation, oftentimes it's based in fear. Oftentimes there has been something in our life that, that has happened to us, that we have seen happen, and we've made a deal with ourselves. That will never happen again. I've shared it with you before, um, but, but one of my triggers, okay, is that I fear rejection. I fear rejection. I, I do. Uh, as a little boy, I've shared before, there were a couple instances where I had people that I was very vulnerable to. They were older than me. I looked up to them, uh, idolized them in many ways. And as a young boy, I was, you know, carefree. I was just out loving life and living life. And I can remember a couple instances where, where two people, two different people cornered me and I mean, they just said that, that they were ashamed of me. They were just ashamed of me. And, and, and these were people who were related to me, you know. They're, they're ashamed uh, to be known by me. And I can remember as a young boy, who's just full of life. It, it just, it, it crushed my heart. It crushed my heart in a way that my soul said, I don't ever want to experience anything like that again. Well, the Lord has had to work at setting me free. Because here's what that does. It hinders me. It hinders me in following the Lord. Uh, <laughs> Roger was joking with me the other day. He says, I live on Packer Island. And he says that because I like to isolate myself. I, I do. I, I, I'm a loner. But here's the crazy thing. God has called me to shepherd people. How do you shepherd people when you're trying to live on your own island? It's a battle, let me tell you. If I ever come to visit you, okay, I want you to know it's a battle for me to do that. It's always a blessing, but it's a battle. I have to go through self-talk. It's okay, okay? You know, I, I, th this is going to be a good thing. I can do this. I, I'm, you're saying it's psychotic. Well, I'm sharing it with you because I think I'm probably not the only one who goes through crazy stuff like this. This is what I do, okay? Why am I doing that? Because I have this fear inside of me of, of being rejected. I absolutely hate it. And so if I have a sense at all, out of your reactions, out of something that you've said that I'm about to be rejected, you know what I'll do? I'm going to reject you first. <laughs> well, what if you're not what if that's not what you're doing? Maybe you're just joking with me. This literally happened this weekend, okay? Somebody's joking with me. They're joking with me, but I'm taking it a little serious. Like, I, I think, I think they're, they're a little serious with their joking. And so I start going through things in my head of how I can reply to them. Well, sure enough, the next day they say something once again, and I've got my comeback. And it's a little harsh. <laughs> and I could tell by their reaction that they were like, whoa, <laughs> I'm just having some fun with you here, you know? I, I'm not trying to, you know, reject you and make you look stupid. I'm just, I'm just having a little fun. 
But can you see how the enemy can use this? God has called me to love people, to shepherd people. Well, how can I do that when I'm walking around with a constant fear of rejection? You have the same thing. You've got things in your life that you are fearful of and you are trying to protect yourself from. And you know, I was talking about serving earlier. You've got, there are places where God has called you to serve and you're not doing it. You know why you're not doing it? Because of some kind of fear. Some kind of thing that's going on that, that, you, that you're keeping shut off. But here's what you don't realize. You are missing out on so much blessing. You, you know, the reason that I, I'm trying to get my kid to work through those fears of, of the horse is because they actually love it. <laughs> they love it. It's exciting, but it's also fearful. And so many things in life are like that. The things that you find exciting that bring life, they often cause a little bit of fear because there's often a little bit of, of danger in it. And it, when it comes to relationships, we are made for relationship. Primarily, we're made for relationship with the Father, but we're made for relationship with one another. Relationships fill us. They give us life. They're exciting and they're dangerous. They're dangerous. They can hurt us. Uh, God can hurt us <laughs> like nobody else. He can. But what he wants to show you is that he has a loving heart and he doesn't want to do that. He wants to protect them. And even as a father myself, I want to show my kids that, okay? I mean, as a father being further along in life and so on, can I harm my kids? Absolutely. And unfortunately, as a sinner, sometimes I do. But God is a loving Father who's perfect. And although He will allow you to go through hard times, and He will allow things to happen that, that you would rather not happen, I want you to hear this. Here's His goal. His goal is to dig into the wound and heal it. That's His goal. But you know what? I, I mean, you've heard this many times before probably. Like a physical wound, if you don't tear off the bandage, if you don't expose it to the elements, if you don't go in and clean it out, it can't heal. And you know what? Infections don't stay put. They keep spreading and spreading and spreading. And so you have an infection. It's the base of it's called sin, okay? It manifests in all kinds of ways. Pride, fears, all kinds of things. Oftentimes our fears are based in pride and unwillingness to surrender to the Lord. And so here's what I want you to hear this morning. God is going to lead you through situations that expose these things. And when He does, you might be mad about it because you just want to pretend like everything's okay. I get it. I do too. I'm not okay. I need a lot of healing. And God's always leading me through things to do this very thing. I've shared this with you this morning because we're going to go to a scripture where you're going to see this laid out. Like in a powerful way that, that you've probably never had it laid out in your life. But I want you to know you can relate to this. Because God has done it in certain measures in your life if you're paying attention. The book we're going to go to is the book of Job. And although our main part that I want to focus on is in chapter 3, I want to go to chapter 1 
to begin with um, simply because I, I want to set the stage so that the, the text that we go to makes sense. I just want to read the, 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 the first part of this, um, uh, the first chapter, just the first few verses here to kind of set things up. So if you're not familiar with Job, this will kind of give you an idea of who he is. It says, there was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. I want you to hear that. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. This guy was rich. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. And then I want you to hear this part. For Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Now before we go to the main text, some things I want you to hear here. Job is a guy who is all about the Lord. I mean, he is he's following the Lord. He loves the Lord. But I want you to hear this cuz this is where this is going to go. However, there are still parts of Job's heart that are not completely the Lord's. So if you're here this morning and you're pursuing the Lord and you're you're going after him, you have parts in your heart that are not completely giving over to the Lord. And it's affecting your relationship with Him, and it's affecting your relationship with other people. And I want you to hear this. God is going to allow you to be put in situations that bring it to light. What does that look like? Well, suddenly when you are triggered, and, and you're like, ah! You need to pay attention to that. You need to go like, whoa, what just happened there? As I think about it, this really wasn't that big of a deal, but my reaction made it sound like this was a really big deal. What is going on there? Pay attention to that. Because God is trying to point something out. Now, we're going to come back to this, but, but one of the things I want you to notice is that last part. He said, he, for Job said to himself, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Why is he doing that? I mean, um, it's good to be focused on your children. I've mentioned before, every single day of my life, I pray for each of my kids by name. And, you know, for now, in my heart, there, there's seven of them. Every day, by name, I, I'm praying for them because it's really important to me. But notice that Job, he's going out and he, he's offering these burnt offerings, which that's something that God has set up, but, but it's him doing it and, and, and not them. What is that about? Well, I think we're going to get a glimpse of what that's about when we go to chapter 3. I want to go to chapter 3 now. Um, 
And if you're not familiar with the story of Job, essentially what happens is Job has everything taken from him. His family, his belongings, his health, everything is taken away from him. He is sitting in dust and ashes. He has nothing anymore. And he, he's in constant pain. And he's got these guys who are friends that come over. And at first they're just sitting with him. But then they start telling him about all the things he's doing wrong. And in the midst of that, he's triggered. And I want you to see what comes out of his heart. Verse 20, I want to begin there. And I'm going to read down through 26. This is Job talking. Oh, why give light to those in misery? And life to those who are bitter. They long for death and it won't come. They search for death more eagerly than for hidden treasure. They're filled with joy when they finally die. And rejoice when they find the grave. I mean, is this not dark? Why is life given to those with no future? It's dark, but it's real. Those God has surrounded with difficulties. I cannot eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. That's what I want you to hear. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes. Job was a righteous person. Job pursued the Lord. Job cared about his kids. He was constantly offering offerings to his kids. But there was a place in his heart where he did not trust God. I always feared it, and now it's come. Sometimes God will allow you to go through the things that you fear. Why? Because God wants all of you. God doesn't want us worshiping anything else. I mean, Daniel talked about, you know, really kind of giving too much of his heart um, to a game. I totally get that. As he was talking about that, there were several things in my life that popped right into my head. that Things that I loved and God took it away from me. And I was so angry when he did it. I'm like, God, why would you put this in my heart if you're just going to take it away from me? Well, here was the problem. It was occupying a part of my heart that I wasn't given to God. And God wanted it all. He wants to bless me. He wants to bless you. But you know what? The place where you're going to be fully alive, fully happy and joyful and peaceful and all of those things is when God is your everything. And when God is your everything, then you know what? The other things become blessings. You, you know, whether it's a game or a job or a position or a relationship, all of those things can be blessings. But when you're trying to find your life in those things, those things become awful because they never give you what you want and you just keep craving more and more and more. It's like an addiction and it never fulfills. And I want you to know it never will. But God will. 
God's real. He's not just you know words on a page and uh, something that that you know you hear about in the past. Like he's he's real. He's here right now. Uh, he's able to speak to you. It's probably not going to be audible. Could be, but it's probably not going to be. It's going to be in your heart. You're going to hear him, and he's real. And I want you to know if you're hearing it, it's God. Don't don't tell yourself, oh no, this is just me. I'm just making stuff up. No, it's real, and it's God. God wants to go into all those places of your heart. So even though Job, he was a blameless guy in the world's eyes, all of that, that's not what God's after. Maybe you're a good boy. Maybe you're a good girl. And you know everybody around you is just like, they're such a nice person. Well, that's nice, but that's not what God's after. God's after your heart. And if God doesn't have your heart, and again, it's because He wants a relationship with you, and it's also because He knows that's when you'll be fully alive. But when you fear something, are you going to go near that thing unless you have to? No. So you know what He's going to do? He's going to create a situation in your life where you've got to go to it. Why? Because He wants to heal the wound. He wants to clean it out. And I want you to notice the extremes that God is willing to go to for Job. He takes everything away. His family, everything he owns, his health, all of it. And here he is, and he's like, God, life is awful. Life is awful, and, and I just wish I wouldn't have had him been born. And it's all because this thing came upon him that he feared. But here's what I want you to also know. This is not the end of the story. And it's not the end of the story for you. You have two choices with where you're at. You can get mad at God. And you can say, God, why'd you allow this to happen? You must not love me. And you can go off into bitterness and darkness. And it will swallow you whole. Or you can say, God, I don't understand this. This is really hard on me. But all I know is that I need you. You're the only thing that can fill me, and, and you go after God. And when you do that, God is going to meet you. And oftentimes, it's the day after you thought you couldn't wait another minute. Unfortunately, that's the way it is often. God knows your limits more than you do. He knows what it's going to take to break you, okay? And when I say break you, here's what that's about. It's about breaking your pride. It's about breaking your independence that says, I can do this on my own. I don't need God. He knows the point that I need to be taken to, to where I finally give up, give in, and, and I just, I, I throw myself at him and I say, God, it's you or nothing. That's what he did with Job. Well, what's the end of the story? Did God leave Job in this position? No, he did not. I'm going to go to chapter 42 and... Uh, <laughs> It takes 42 chapters of misery to get to this point. And so, you know, if you're here and you're, I don't know, a teenager or something, you, you got a ways to go. I'm sorry. If you're 80-something, you're still not there. You're still alive and God's still taking you down the road. 42. But God takes him to that place. God reveals Himself to you. And, and obviously there's a lot in this book and I can't go through it all. That's not my point. But I want to go to the very end. And after God reveals Himself to Job in chapter 42, I want you to hear Job's reply. 
I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It was I. It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen and I will speak. I have some questions for you and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I take back everything I said and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. Job repented. Job reached that point where he said, okay, God, I just, I accept it. I'm tired of arguing with you. I I just, you you are, you you are the one. And and, and he repents. But, but, But before he could get to that point where he repented, God had to take him through the very thing that he feared so that he could see that even though he's going through this thing that he's feared so much, he's still okay because God's with him. And after that, and and again, this is going back to something Daniel Daniel said earlier. After God took it away and, and he was okay with it, God gives it back. And I want you to know something. When God gives something back, it's going to be a far greater blessing than it ever was before. Because before, you depended on it for life. And you clung to it. And it could never quite fulfill you. But when God gives it back, and God's the sinner, and God's the one giving you life, you can enjoy the blessing of it. Because you don't have to have it. You're not not clinging to it with, with everything that's within you. Because God is the one that you're clinging to. Verse 7 says, After the Lord had finished speaking with Job, I want to skip down. Verse 10. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers and sisters and former friends came and feasted with him in his home. And they consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them gave him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the the, the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels, a thousand team of oxen, a thousand female donkeys, and He also gave Job seven more sons and three more daughters. And then it goes on, uh, names and and so on. Um, And Job lived 140 years after that, seeing four generations of children and grandchildren. The Lord has you on a path right now. He loves you. He wants to bless you. But He also wants to heal you. And I get that you don't want to go through it. I, I'm in the same boat. But, but it, it's so necessary. You know, going back to that theme of rejection. I mean, I, I've shared this with you before, but it's affected my relationship with my wife so much. We've been married 27 years. You know, and I, I still go through this to a certain extent. But, but how many years that she had to love me with me constantly being fearful of rejection. I mean, any time there was any kind of little disagreement or anything, I'm like, well, if you want to walk out the door, you just head on out because I'm okay. I'll walk down the road and I'll just be okay. Anybody want to live with a spouse like that? No, that's miserable. But God has had to show me 
<laughs> and again, I'm still going through healing, by the way. Okay, I, I'm still there. But God has taken me so far down the road so that I'm not in this constant like, am I going to be rejected? You know, and I've got to overreact to every little thing. And what it's brought about is, is a greater peace, a greater stability. Why? Because I'm trusting in the Lord. And because I'm trusting in the Lord, um, I, I, I'm learning to make myself more vulnerable and that I can trust the Lord and I can trust the places that he's going to lead me down. And I can do the things that he calls me to do. I can minister and, and pastor where he calls me to do it. And, and is it easy? No. But, but I'm able to do it, but it takes a trusting in the Lord. God wants to use you, okay? God wants to, to use you in other people's lives. He has things that He wants to use you for. But ultimately, it's not even about Him using you. Ultimately, the, the primary thing that God's about is just having a relationship with you. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't care if you're confined to a bed and you can't do anything, God wants to have a relationship with you. And you are just as able to have that relationship with Him as somebody who's out, you know, busy as can be. That's what God wants. But He wants all of your heart. And so I just want to invite you to be courageous this morning. I know it's not easy. You're surrounded by people who know that. And we're here to lock arms with you. I need people to walk with me, okay? To help me face these things that seek to take me out. And, and we're here to walk with you, whatever those things are. But take them before the Lord, okay? Be real with them. Get them out in the light. The light overcomes the darkness. Say them out loud. <laughs> These are the things I fear. Let it be known. And let God work in those places. God, thank you that, that 